0: Hello, and welcome to Great Ridge Station, a place to sit back and relax while waiting for your train to board. I'm your host, Sam Helgerson, and I'm pretty much a fixture around these parts. The goal here at the depot is to help you strengthen your own practice of leadership, no matter where you serve. Every episode will give you not only the background theory, but some practical tools that you can use right away. Great Ridge Station is a service of Great Ridge Group, LLC. Thanks for stopping in on your way through. Season 1, Episode 3. You don't want to be a hero. You know, there's a lot of talk these days about superheroes and so on and so forth, and leaders actually sometimes fall into this idea that they should be the hero. Let me tell you... You don't want to be a hero, even if you think you do. Over the past five years or so, there's been a significant shift in the way that we think about leadership. See, until that time, there was a lot of thought around the idea that leaders succeed based on what they accomplish. That was standard practice and standard thinking in the leadership world for years. Case in point, book titles such as habits of highly effective people, the effective executive, and at the risk of offending uh, most of my voluminous fan base, even getting stuff done. I'm not arguing that we shouldn't be productive. I'm a total productivity geek, but what I am saying is that for leaders, personal productivity is a small piece of the equation. The shift that has taken place in the last few years is that leaders are being evaluated less and less on what they accomplish and more and more on what the people around them accomplish. This is a radical shift. See, it's easy for us to think of the leader as the one who swoops in at the last minute and says something like, I'll save you, followed quickly by my hero. Well, that's all very nice for entertainment value, but in real life it can do more harm than good. And so today, my goal is to help you move past the idea that you need to be the leader hero and help you to take those first steps toward becoming maybe a different kind of leader. We'll look at that idea right after this. Your audio ad could be here. If you're interested in being a supporting sponsor for Great Ridge Station, have a look at our show page and contact us. We'd be happy to talk to you. Thanks very much. Welcome back. So let's have a look at this idea of leadership heroics and see if we can sort out why it is so problematic. See, heroic leadership is mostly interested in the spotlight. It promotes problem solving rather than system fixing. It fosters a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately attitude, and it keeps other people from developing. It limits opportunities and options available to the team, and finally it leads to burnout. Now here's a little sidebar for you. The Bible says that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And that is an important distinction and something that we should really think about. See, we're all born with an ego and we're pretty sure that we're right about most things. Our problem is that we tend to make ourselves the standard by which we measure everything else. Along with that, we tend to evaluate ourselves in a positive light and ignore our shortcomings. It turns out that for most of us, the better we get at something, the better we think we are at it. We swoop in to be the hero because we can. I read a study years ago, and I couldn't find it to track down a reference for you. Sorry about that. But the study looked at people who were struggling with a technical task and the response of the people with them. And overwhelmingly, the onlookers thought they could do better and frequently interrupted with things like, here, I can do that, or let me see it. Now, recently, my wife was struggling to open the child-proof Ziploc on a household cleaning product, and it made me nervous. And so first, I took the bag from her, and when I had the same problem, she took it back, and I had to exhibit superhuman self-control to let her figure it out. And, And of course, she did. But it made me laugh, and it made us laugh at this. The study that I referred to stated that this human tendency to jump in and help was the same whether the two people knew one another well or whether they were strangers. See, it seems to be our wired-in tendency to assume that we are the ones who can do it right because we get it, we understand things better. And that's the problem. We think that in order to lead well, we need to be the hero, to jump in and show them how it's done, and if we look good in the process, so much the better. Jonathan Wellem, in his article Managing Beyond Our Time, stated that, and I quote, short-termism is the pursuit of immediate gratification at the expense of long-term thinking, end quote. He goes on to explain that our cultural obsession with short-term wins, what I'm calling heroics, is more about looking good than providing the greater good. Don't hear what I'm not saying. There is nothing wrong with confidence, but it's up to you to monitor yourself. And don't let your competence fuel your arrogance. Attention leaders. If the focus of your leadership is about getting noticed, looking good, being in the spotlight, perhaps you would be better suited to a career in theater. The next piece I want to talk about is uh, the problem of problem solving. You see, often heroic leaders focus on solving the immediate problem. Why? Well, mostly because immediate results get immediate recognition. Have you ever had this happen? A critical problem comes up and you work on getting it fixed. It could be anything. It could be a business process. It could be a challenging vendor, a team that's not working well together, whatever. And you step in, you get things settled down, and then you move on. And it happens again, weeks or months later. Same problem comes up and that cycle keeps repeating itself. You see, generally when that happens, you're dealing with a system problem. You put a short-term fix in place for something that needs some deep analysis and hard work to get to the root of things. System problems can be difficult because the system itself is causing them. And because most systems involve people, the cause could be anything from outdated and overworked billing workflow to unresolved interpersonal tension. Of course, sometimes fixing the problem is exactly the right thing to do, but if you stop there, you're missing an opportunity to improve your organization's practice and save both time and money. You see, heroes love problem solving because problem solving highlights their expertise. Except when it doesn't. Here's some good advice for any leader. If you're fixing the same problem over and over again, you need to look at the systems that are creating that problem in the first place. Now, in an upcoming episode, we will look at systems thinking in greater detail. But for now, if you want to know more, here are two good resources. No, RESOURCES. First, the geeky, uh, Ludwig von Bertalanffy, wrote uh, General Systems Theory. He's really the developer of this idea of systems theory and systems thinking. Um, So if you really want some in-depth analysis, uh, he will provide it. He worked on his theory for 50 years, beginning in 1923, and some of his uh, adherents have really followed up on his work. Uh, Some well, some not so well. But uh, Ludwig von Bertalanffy, uh, I'll put a link on the show page. Uh, And The Not-So-Geeky, The Fifth Discipline, by Peter Senge, will give you an idea of how learning organizations work and how they learn to think in terms of systems. So hopefully those two will be interested in you and and fuel your fire uh, for systems thinking. Now, the next piece is the what-have-you-done-for-me-lately model that seems to just show up. See, the problem with heroic leaders is that they find themselves in this hamster wheel of achievement. Heroic leadership, by its very nature, needs to constantly be fed with new accomplishments, new achievements, new heroics. Trying to stay constantly visible, constantly heroic, means that when you are not, you're vulnerable. It's almost like an illicit drug. We keep building an ongoing record of short-term wins because if we do not, someone will notice, someone will wonder where the hero went. About 20 years ago, research from Harvard Business School showed that the researchers who make the biggest difference are those who keep their heads down, who do what needs to be done, and who share credit for their achievements with others. The what-have-you-done-for-me-lately phenomenon plays into this next factor. See, being the hero will keep others from developing. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, leaders are no longer evaluated in terms of their own accomplishments. They are evaluated in terms of the accomplishments of the people they lead. Here's a handy diagnostic tool for figuring out whether you're being too much the hero or if you're helping others to thrive. How do you feel if someone on your team really shines and gets the glory for a really well done project? Now, if you feel a little hint of threat in that scenario, you're probably at risk of becoming a hero with all of the negative implications that we've been talking about. See, heroes tend to block the way to excellence because they see others' successes as a potential threat to their own. See, that holds individuals, teams, departments, and even whole organizations back. When there are key players who need to be heroes, that's a problem. So years ago, we had a humorous sign on our fridge. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. I had nothing to do with putting that sign up. I think it was my wife's humor. But while that might be funny at home, it's not so funny at work. If the hero ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. When that becomes a reality in the workplace, all the humor drains out and it becomes negative, arrogant, and immature and a coercive use of power. Yeah, someday maybe I'll tell you how I really feel about that, but there you go for now. The next piece of the problem with heroic leadership is that it limits the options available. See, as Peter Drucker put it, morale in an organization does not mean that people get along together. The test is performance, not conformance. End quote. See, heroic leaders tend to expect everyone to think like they do. Hey, and why wouldn't I? I'm magnificent. (laughs) Heroes want people to, to conform to their expectations, or at least conform to the way we do things around here. Unfortunately that attitude leaves little room for performance, little room for people to excel, to step up, to do the difficult thing and really thrive in their work. This is an excellent argument for diversity within an organization. Leaders need people around them who think differently than they do. And often heroic leaders hate that. See, There's little space for innovation or adaptation when everyone thinks the same way. When the outlier gets shot down or the new idea gets discounted, it sends a powerful message about compliance and what is expected. And the best creativity often gets the harshest social sanction. See, if you surround yourself with people who think and act like you do, you deserve the monofaceted culture that you get. There will be no innovation. There will be no constant improvement. There will be no effort beyond getting through the current project or the current crisis. When the hero is the only source of wisdom on the team, he or she limits themselves to ideas that comply with current practice. Heroes swoop in to solve problems, yes, but often in the same old ways, and that's a recipe for stagnation. With all of this, another problem that heroic leaders face is burnout. I have bad news for you. No one wants to work with a toasty bit. Burnout leads to active disengagement or abject bitterness, or both. In fact, usually both. When leaders disengage or turn bitter, the people around them tend to check out. The best, the most competent, the most confident of their ability to find work elsewhere are usually the first to go. And the least confident, the most fearful, tend to stay because they aren't sure that they can go somewhere else and find a good situation for themselves. In practical terms, that means that leaders are left with a team made up of the least desirable employees. I've seen companies, departments, and leaders do this to themselves and then too late wonder, What have I done? You see, Jesus made the assertion that we reap what we sow, and this is a really perfect example of that. If you persist in trying to be the hero, a lot of people with a lot of potential will decide to leave. Now, if your thought is, I'm not sure I can trust them to make high-value decisions, well, that's a breakdown in your own leadership. It is your job to nurture that. Now, if you think you have to be Superman, in the non-gender-specific sense of the term, then you have a problem. You see, if you want to be an effective leader, give people room to thrive, a clear sense of what's important, and even the freedom to fail, and to learn from their failures. Your long-term viability and success as a leader depends on how well you equip others to excel. Rather than being a hero, commit yourself to being a leader who lifts others up. You see, some of the best leaders I've ever served with were the folks who set the bar high and expected me to reach that level. When I succeeded, they celebrated with me. And when I failed, they helped me to realign and correct my course. Be that kind of person for the people around you. That's the way to be better than a hero. I want to leave you with this thought from Peter Drucker. I think it's a good insight. He says, and I quote, "No institution can possibly survive if it needs geniuses or supermen to manage it. It must be organized in such a way as to be able to get along under a leadership composed of average human beings." End quote. Thanks for joining us at Great Ridge Station. As the train boards and rolls on to its next destination, we hope you found your time here helpful. Consider what you've learned and what strategies and practices you can implement right now. If you have leadership questions that you'd like us to address, we'd love to hear from you and you can find the questions link on our show page. We can't answer everything, but we'll watch for themes and big picture questions and get to as many as we can. All content is developed by Dr. Sam Helgerson with appropriate citations of outside sources. Our sound engineer is Brick Martin. All background and bumper media is in the public domain and retrieved from archive.org. The opening music is from Guy Lombardo, Down by the River. The closing music is from Annunzio Mantovani, Skyscraper Fantasy. Limited opportunities are available for supporting sponsorships contact information is available on our show page. I'm already looking forward to your next visit to Great Ridge Station. Bye-bye.